I don't care. Mm. Improv off the cuff, you know. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me from East Portland. How would you kind of classify it out there, Chris? No, 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 no. See, I'm right on, I am right on the border between Portland and Happy Valley. Like, literally, across the street is Happy Valley. So I just tell people Happy Valley. It's just Happy Valley. It is happy. It makes it makes me feel better. And here with me from Happy Valley, the bully Burkhardt himself. Welcome back for another week of showcases. What's up, man? About to be sad Valley since no one wants to hire me. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll get a, you'll get hired from a, maybe the Knicks or someone needs someone new, and you have to move across country. I'm sure it'll be a way better situation. Yeah, no? in New York sounds wonderful. I mean, it does sound wonderful, just not the cost of living in New York. But no one came here for hot real estate talk. Well, I'm kind of curious. I mean, okay, yeah, but never mind. We'll, 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 I, I want to know, I want to pick your brain more on, on all the ins and outs of what you wouldn't, wouldn't do for journalism, but we can throw that in another time. Today we have some quick things to talk about. We want to touch on the GM survey, and then we will get to the preseason game, the first of what? Four that they're having this first, season? first of four, baby. And I'm still just thrown off how there was this one this week, and then it's there's no more preseason games until next Monday. I don't know why they did it that way, but you know, I was I was gonna try and be lazy again, uh, say hey, let's wait till later in the week to record because there could be more stuff that happens. But yeah, nothing's gonna happen. There's no more games till next Monday. So we're here. We'll talk about the preseason game number one. Uh, but before all that, we are gonna go over the GM survey. This came out, Chris. Not a whole lot of Blazer mentions in here i uh i took note of the few uh there's definitely some for dame but uh what stuck out to you anything in particular overall uh i think it's interesting that like lebron james got votes for the best at the at his position at like six different positions even though there's only <laughs> five uh i thought that was kind of interesting shows the uh, you know how good that player is also i think uh the blazers when you look at how they were placed in their percentages. The GM's talking about how they were going to finish out the season. Um, I think it's really interesting because I think it kind of goes in line with what you and I have said here a couple times. I think that the interesting thing about the Blazers team is that you don't know where they're going to be. Like you look at the top of the, the, the Western Conference and you're like, yep, that's the top. You look at the bottom, you're like, yep, that's the bottom. You look at a team like the Blazers and you're like, that could be top or bottom, right? right and I think right. that is kind of spelled out here with the, the, the votes here because... Uh, According to the GMs, the Blazers are pegged to finish eight, but 7% have them finishing in fourth. So it's like they could finish in the bottom, <laughs> they could finish in the top. Like they're kind of all over the place. So uh, I thought I thought that was kind of interesting there. But yeah, nothing else really stood out. I thought it was kind of interesting on that too, how last year we were ranked, uh, we were pegged to come out fifth in the West. And this year they dropped us three spots to eighth. When all the talk has kind of been that we improved our bench, we have a better rotation uh, theoretically than we did last year. So uh, just interesting that I think we would drop eight, or sorry, three spots in the eyes of the GMs, but you know, see how that plays out. I did think it was funny that uh, Blazers, I saw this category, best off season moves. Portland didn't get top three or anything, but it got votes. And it's like, best offseason. Really? Best offseason? 
who out there? <laughs> I mean, I get that like we, you know, we we got we made the Larry Nance move, uh, but we've talked before about nothing else really moved the needle, especially when you had expectations from Dame uh, to kind of say, hey, let's do something bigger, and you come back and see kind of like you said on last week's episode, Chris. The free agent moves themselves were were meh. It they were they were C C plus moves with you know C assets to work with like they didn't have a lot to work with so what they got for what they had not bad Larry Nance Jr. changes the view uh, move changes the view on the offseason though and as the GMs voted 28% of the GMs around the league said that the Larry Nance Jr. acquisition was the most underrated player acquisition in the offseason for any right. team so that was the number one right there and, and that changes a lot with the obviously his athleticism his ability to play on both sides his, his ability to play above the rim his ability to pass like yeah it's it's, it's a huge move so I think uh, like we've said before uh, the GMs are kind of putting a little bit of pressure on Larry Nance Jr. to to perform and live up to those expectations that Portland will put on him but it definitely changes the outlook on the offseason that's for sure yeah he was the he was the needle mover for sure I did note as well that uh Chauncey Phillips received some votes for which head coach will make the biggest impact or which new head coach will make the biggest impact uh, but more importantly than than that or more votes I guess than that uh was for assistant coach Scotty Brooks came in at number three with 10 percent of the votes and right behind him at number four and five were former Blazers legend assistant coaches uh, Nate Vanderpool and uh, I'm sorry David Vanderpool and Nate Tibbetts so not uh, yeah not yeah not not shocking at all I um, how about this though it was listed as assistant coach not associate head coach or any of the stuff we've seen before and I know it's the same abbreviation the ASST but I'm still not sure what the official uh, the official the, uh, term is for the NBA because I feel like at least with Portland you see associate head coach or associate coach not assistant and sure enough the gm survey said assistant where do you fall chris assistant or associate assistant, assistant. okay so there you go i like it portland is still rated as having a pretty good home court advantage they were fourth with seven percent of the vote behind utah denver and new york okay i mean you know not surprising uh i think it's kind of interesting that you get utah and portland and denver out here having such strong home court advantages and you know I, why <laughs> well, don't they play I those mean, fans more uh, I mean, home court can be more than just fans. <laughs> Utah, and, yeah, U- Utah and Denver's home court advantage, uh, more specifically of those two, Denver is uh, elevation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a mile high in Denver messes with people. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> not no disrespect to the, the Nuggets fans. I've been to plenty of Nuggets games. I love going to those games, one of my favorite cities in the NBA. But, I mean, the Nuggets are like like – that that is a football town first and a hockey town second and then the nuggets come in there battling with the rockies and yeah that's just how that is utah is obviously basketball it's it's portland but next to a big salt lake (laughs) (laughs) do you see anything changing in denver if the nuggets continue to kind of like rocket up the the charts as far as the nba rankings like if they if they stayed a top contender for a couple years you don't think that changes nope i think they're i think like I said, their fan their fans aren't bad. It's not like they have a poor fan base. It's just Denver is a football town, and they obviously they love their hockey too. And that's like I said, it's nothing against the Nuggets or the Nugget fan base. It's just you know that certain towns are built for certain sports, and Denver is a football town. Fair enough. Okay, let's look at the Dame uh, references in the GM survey. He was listed as the second best point guard behind Curry. Curry getting 57% of the vote, Dame getting 17. The third best leader, 
behind Chris Paul and LeBron. Chris Paul getting 43, LeBron getting 20, and again, Dame getting 17% of the vote. And then uh, who should take the, th the final shot in the game with the game on the line? Dame comes in at third, again with 17% of the vote, this time behind KD with 41 and Steph with 24. So three stats in a row, he's kind of the runner-up to be in that, that top tier, getting about 17%, so about maybe, let's say, one in five GMs, approximately, a little less than that. Uh, does this surprise you? Do you feel like this is too high, too low? Are, are people uh, uh, underrating Dame? Where do you stand for these? Nope, I think that's honestly right where he should be. Uh, I mean, if you're Portland uh, going to homer out on him, you're going to yeah, I want Dame taking every game-winning shot. He's the best in the league. But, I mean, like, you look at that and you're like, yeah, Steph taking that shot, pretty good odds. And uh, easy money sniper. I mean, I think Kevin yeah. Durant is – Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. Like, at least with Dame, like, if it's going to be a game-winner, like, you can – you can kind of – I say that very loosely – know what's coming because, like <laughs> – it's going to be probably going to be a three like yeah. Durant. Is he three. going to drive? Is he going to pull up? Is he going to hit a three? Are his shoes, his shoe size going to backfire on him and <laughs> make his toe on the line? Like, uh, but I agree. I, I, of those three, I think that's the order there. Um, the leadership one is like, it is what it is because like, yeah. I don't know like how you vote who is the best leader. Um, but we all know how Dame and his peers feel about him. So sure. I think three is, is right there and then obviously best point guard in the league i think i think the last two years have been really interesting because i think it was obviously like clear cut it was steph curry and then everybody else for the longest time uh but dame has really stepped up on that end and and become you know you know arguably the best guard in the league and right there in yeah. the conversation with steph but uh until steph has a dramatic dip in his gameplay it's Steph Curry, like, right. is the best point guard in the league. I mean, the dude was, like, in the conversation for MVP last year. Like, the he's it's going to be interesting to see how his game plays when he can't, you know, as we saw in the, the preseason game, can't get those foul shots for leaning into a defender on a three-point attempt. But, oh, boy, uh, we'll get to that one for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, Steph Curry is still Steph Curry. I mean, you look at the GM votes, uh, which player is the is the best pure shooter? There was only yeah, one so, one listed because it was ninety percent voted for Steph Curry. Oh, <laughs> and then and then the other re, the other receiving votes. Thank one of you. them was Seth Curry. So. Yeah. So so let's let's talk about that. Oh, first of all, on those three, the best point guard, best leader, and who should take the shot. I'm with you. At the, the what all you can really say is Dame is in the company of the greatest greats here. When you're being compared to Steph, KD, and then LeBron and CB3, you know, that, that you're, you're good enough. I don't think there's any real argument at that point. It's just who performs in the season. We're in a good spot. Okay, so the best pure shooter thing. If Steph qualifies for 90% of the votes, this is kind of like what you said with the leader question. What qualifies as the best pure shooter? Because if Steph qualifies, I'm confused how Dame doesn't, but then Seth Curry does, Duncan Robinson does, and okay, sure, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a pure shooter. That makes sense to me. I'm just not sure how Steph falls into the same category and Dame doesn't get any recognition. Uh, I mean... We're talking about the two... There's Steph and Dame when it comes to deep shots and being reliable. People try and put Trey in there. He's not on the same level yet. He's the next tier down. But not even Trey got votes for this. It was it was Steph Curry, okay, Seth Curry, Katie and Duncan. It's weird. There's a difference between range and just pure shot-taking of making ability. Like, Like, I love Dame as much as the next guy. 
but his three-point shooting is not Steph Curry. Like, it's not Steph Curry. Like, But would you say it's not Seth Curry or not Duncan Robinson? Seth Curry, Seth Curry is – dude, those guys are pure shooters in the sense that, like, what is Seth Curry's job? To shoot. Okay, yeah. Is literally to shoot and make buckets. What is Duncan Robinson's job? To shoot. To, it's to literally to shoot. shoot, and they do it at such a high clip. Like, like Seth Curry knocks those threes down effortlessly. So does Dame, but if you're – I mean, the, like – separating a, a a duncan robinson or a St- stephen curry from a dame like your your hairs like millimeters are separating these two in this <laughs> in this conversation i i mean when you look at it when you bring up duncan robinson and seth that's my quick defense is like what are they there to do but i would still like who would i want shooting the ball one of them or dame i'm gonna take dame myself right right but but who, i who don't do you think it's shot but I don't think it's debatable that Stephen Curry is a better shooter than Dame. I I would definitely yeah. want to vote it in that ninety percent as the best best pure shooter. Like if I had to put five players on there, yeah, I'd put Dame on there because the dude's crazy, crazy good. But yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna be upset that Steph got a landslide win on that. No, I'm I'm with you on that, and I I think again if Steph had the landslide of votes and Dame was next in there, I wouldn't have even have noticed this thing. It's just weird to me, and I just it's one of those where I just want to know what defines the pure shooter if they fall in and he's not. But who knows? Like you said, if if there were if we saw more of the list, maybe he's in the next tier down. I had one other thing from the GM survey that I wanted to note here, and we'll get to the preseason game. Uh, there was a question at the end about what rule most needs to change. Kind of an interesting thing to me, just as far as where the GM's heads are at. Like, what do they see in the game that is maybe flawed, or what could like help gameplay run smoother or you know obviously from a gm's perspective what would help fans get more involved and engaged with it uh the biggest thing that gmc as needing to change with the rules is the transition foul so we're talking fast break fouls uh and those kind of things uh, how that's handled thought that was interesting the next uh, biggest one on there which again i think is important is uh additional coaches challenge or and or the ability to keep it when successful that one i think has to be implemented what do you think do you see transition fouls as a bigger deal than needing to be able to get calls right with additional uh, challenges uh yeah i'd rather see the additional challenge i think yeah it's worked and it's worked in football um and i think especially with basketball like how many times there's just so many so many plays that i think a, a coach should be able to to challenge who doesn't because it's like oh i get my one or whatever it is like i got to be really careful with it like i think there should be a little bit more there to challenge and i definitely think if, if players have to be held accountable for their their stuff the, the ref should be too so if i can get in there and change a game <laughs> absolutely i'm going to challenge these calls like it's all part of the chess match i i i think that that should be number one on there personally i i feel like the transition fouls is probably bigger on the gm's mind because it probably has to do with the the pace of the game right the speed of uh of, of how much they can get in there and you know all the talk we hear about not wanting the game slowed down and all this kind of thing uh it was interesting too other ones that were mentioned having free agency before the draft uh schedule changes overall seeding the playoffs one through 16 instead of two conferences and then the elam ending having games go to a set score instead of having uh, a, a timed game and, and all the rest of it those are all interesting i think we can get to those on future episodes if you and i want to kind of dive in and nitpick but it's all a little too much to just kind of go off just the GM survey. We can come back to that. I Let's just think talk. you you are underselling how hyped you are to see the Elon ending on there. I, know I you am are very a huge much underselling that. <laughs> you know me well, sir. I, I think the Elon ending should be involved in the NBA. I love it. I think it's a much better way to watch the end of games, especially when you 
so many fans only tune in to the end of the game. This would make it so much more interesting. Uh, but again, we will devote entire episodes to that in the future. Thank you for recognizing that, though. See, it takes kidneys to be on the same same wavelength. Like we <laughs> so the preseason has begun. It's officially kicking off. We're not at the season yet, but we're no longer in training camp. We have a we had a 15 man roster. 15 players saw the floor for the Blazers last night. We'll get to the details on each of them, but first things first, Chris, we need to talk about the viewing opportunities, the viewing availability for games this season, and that is coming straight down to Root Sports. Uh, we talked a little the other day, before the preseason began, there was FanFest, and on Root Sports, sounds like what you were telling me is that FanFest was ousted for uh, a rerun of Seahawks Press Pass, is that right? Yeah, it was a Seahawks press pass and Kraken 101. Get to know your <laughs> new hockey team uh, over FanFest, uh, which, hey, I mean, is what it is. It's not like FanFest is a giant money sure. draw or, yeah. or ratings draw. Uh, I just found it uh, a weird play for Root going, okay, uh, very first chance for the public uh, to see the new team, new team on a new network for the first time. Yeah, let's let's take advantage here, but like, no, we're gonna re-air some old, <laughs> some some old stuff. Like, yeah, cool. I mean, you should have saw it coming. I mean, the deals were deals were made before summer right. league, and games summer league games weren't on route either. Summer league games were on NBC Sports Northwest, and for that matter, Fan Fest was aired on NBC Sports Northwest. I only know yeah, for a fact that that Fan Fest was on NBC Sports Northwest because I was an on-air talent for one of them. <laughs> But then, but then the national anthem ran long, and they're like, "All right, Chris, you're on in five, four. Never mind, they just cut your segment. <laughs> I didn't get to be on. Oh, brutal, <laughs> right? But you are making the point though here that like, it's not about giving more shine to NBC Sports. They had their problems, and we can get to all that later as well. Uh, but what are you talking about? They were great. There was no problems. <laughs> no, no, it was flawless. Zero. Flawless programming, absolutely. Zero. Always. At least when you thing, put though, the ball in my court, I mean, I was <laughs> champ. The big thing, though, is that Root has right off the bat kind of shown, they're, they're, at the very least, we should see this as foreshadowing, that they are not airing the same things. They're not going to give the same coverage to Blazers that we have maybe grown used to in the past as fans. So with all that in mind, let's talk about this opening game. Uh, I want to know how you watched... Uh, actually, yeah, just just tell me up front. How did you watch the game last night? I painfully watched via Root Sports. You watched via Root? Okay, that's okay. The, in, that's the, right. inju- the, the, in, the wounds were still fresh. It still stung <laughs> that I that they're, they're partially the reason I no longer have a job. But uh, no, I, I, I watched it on Root. Um, the cool part about watching on route is the way that the deal with route did go down. So the blazers still have their full creative control of the, of the broadcast, which is how it was with NBC. Uh, like they NBC did not control who was your play by play guy or your camera angles or any of that. That's all blazers broadcasting. So because of that, if you paid attention to the game last night, nothing about the broadcast itself it changed, familiar. right? Yeah, yeah, it, totally. fe- it felt familiar. Like it was all the same uh, camera angles, cuts, transitions you were used to. You were just seeing a, a Root Sports logo instead of an NBC Sports logo. Uh, so I, I, I 
appreciated that as a as a as a viewer and i appreciate that that's the way the entire deal went down because i think the worst case scenario would have been uh moving to another tv partner and giving that other tv partner full control because then you would have lost nbc sports Northwest and you would have lost blazers broadcasting which has some really talented people who have spent a lot of time decades for a lot of those people working uh for the blazers so I i'm glad that they're still around uh to do that for us I'm with you on that, yeah. It was nice to see the familiarity when the game was itself going on. And again, we can get to some of the details and differences between what NBC Sports Northwest was doing uh, for kind of the pre- and post-game and other things around the game that uh, apparently has no interest in following up with or giving their own version Roots, of. Yeah. But let, let me just uh, kind of lead in with this, though. I'm glad you were able to uh, swallow the pain, accept the sting of, of watching on route. Because uh, that, that's the easiest way to watch, obviously. Uh, myself... I subscribed to YouTube TV in the past, and YouTube TV does not have a deal with Root as of yet. I have not made the jump over because I don't want to just sign up for new things, give more money to someone else just because of the way this whole thing goes. I'm fighting capitalism here, Chris. But anyway, I was trying to watch on YouTube TV because the game was on NBA TV, not on Root itself. At first, the game wasn't blacked out. On YouTube TV, on YouTube TV, I could watch NBA TV, and for the first couple minutes of the game, it was clean, it was looking good, I was happy. Then it got blacked out. Then it came back, then it blacked out again. Then it came back and back and blacked out again. All of that oh in the gosh. first quarter. It was back and forth. Like like every time right before I would give up and be like, okay, let's go find some other option for this. It would come back on, like kind of pull me in. So I don't know if they are just fighting on what to do or if it just wasn't clear whether they knew they should be broadcasting or not. Uh, but eventually uh, I got sick of that. I watched the end of the second quarter, second half of the second quarter and the second half of the game. Uh, with a uh, a different option, sailing the high streaming seas, doing things online where it's a little lower HD quality but free. And again, that bonus of feeling like I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm able to give Root the finger a little bit after they uh, cost us our jobs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing with Root that's unfortunate for for fans is uh, getting upset about streaming options, man. Like like mm. in Root's defense, you you saw what. Like fans saw how hard NBC had to work over years and years and years to get the different streaming options over the last handful of years. Um, and you can see all these other RSNs around the country that struggle with streaming and blackouts and this and that. And uh, it's easy to want to blame um, a root or a, an NBC or whatever channel holds the rights. But man, it takes two to tango. And these the dishes, the direct TVs, the other right. streaming services, they want so much freaking money for a product. Like if a product is worth X, they want X times five to air it on a, <laughs> air it, air it on their platform. And the thing is they hold all the leverage. So if it like you look at like a dish network in their dispute, right? Drop in, um, was it dish that, or direct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was dish that dropped root entirely. Okay. Disputes. Yeah. And then direct TV put them on a different package. So now they're no longer available on the basic package. You have to pay more to get root. Well, there's two. Okay. There's twofold here is right. when you get that, when you get like the dropping it indirectly, like that's crazy because like they're sitting there. And so you got a, 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 a distributor saying, okay, give me your worth X, give me X times five. And then these other companies like, well, I can't afford to just give you that money because here's the thing. It benefits, it benefits the, the, the company to be on that platform to have more of a of a, a field of view right gets into more television sets 
but for the other company like a dish they're like you know what like i i can survive without root i don't need right. root root needs me so they hold all the right. cards and they try to strangle these little rsns which is just stupid now secondly the whole like moving you to a package so that's stupid fans everywhere complained and co complained and complained and complained for years like i don't want to pay cable i want everything a la carte i want to be able to pick what i pay for and now you got to have an apple tv a youtube tv <laughs> a, 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 a netflix a hulu yep. a fubu a whatever the hell it is and you're paying far more than you were ever paying for cable just to get your streaming yep. streaming stuff so and that is where I even get more annoyed with like, dude, I'm already paying out the to have all your streaming services. Like, oh, do you want the $5 a month Hulu package or the $10 a month Hulu package or the $15 a month Hulu package? It's like, holy hell. And like, let's be honest, if the prices were that friendly, it might not be so bad. Like, if you're like, okay, I could pay five bucks more for some extra service. But yeah, like what the issue here with DirecTV is you want to pay their basic, let's say 60 or 80 bucks a month kind of basic package. Well, guess what? Root's no longer available on that package. Blazer fans, if you're just now signed up to DirecTV just to get Root, you're going to pay more like, what? I'm, I'm guessing here, I don't know their packages, but like, let's say 120 instead. You're not paying five bucks more. You're paying like 30% on top. It gets crazy. I'm telling you, I think the way, I think the way of the future, because I think uh, as much as I loved working for one, like the RSN model is just busted. Like what you're seeing with Root is, is Root is not going to, bring on those same pre and post game style shows that that nbc Root, sports root being, or root being the rsn just so just so the layman's understand can you yes just, uh, R rsn the too. regional sports network so yes Thank the you. rsn is root and uh there's so many rsns around the country but the thing is like uh root is obviously not doing their pre and post game shows there's there's they don't have a version of a rip city live or a talking ball or blazers outsiders what have you and they haven't had that for their Mariners shows. They haven't had that. They're not going to have that as far as I know for Kraken. The yeah, RSN model is the RSN model is literally changing to pay the rights for the t for for the games, air live games. That's just all we're going to do. There's none of that extra auxiliary stuff, which I think at the end of the day hurts the fan because I think all that extra stuff, the the locker room videos and the footage and all the stuff that you do get is very beneficial to the fan. So this is this hurts the fan. And that's why I think in the long run, I think the future future of all this, I mean this is probably long term, like ten years down the road. It if it's not what's in the works, it needs to be, but I think the future needs to be team by team viewing in the fact that the only the only hang up is like a team like the Blazers would have to invest a ton into the engineering side of this to get it up and running. You look at like the WWE network. WWE network had their own network, decided to get rid of that and sell it to NBC so that they could just air it on Peacock. And their reason being was we're an we're an entertainment product first. We're not a streaming product. Getting into the right. streaming service is not what we're good at. We're gonna do it, give it to someone who knows what they're doing first so we can just focus on making our content. So the Blazers would have to put a ton of money into the engineering side to create their own streaming service. But at the end of the day, I think that's where you're at. I think that fans would much prefer to pay whatever the price may be. Like you look at like, oh, I can get YouTube TV for just throwing it out there because I don't have YouTube TV, but I can get YouTube TV for or Netflix because I know, you know 15 bucks a month. But I'd probably gladly play pay 40 bucks a month if I was getting Blazers TV, which guaranteed me access to every single Blazers game and re-airs of court sides and other unique content, unique 
to my blazers that no one else provides and that like like people buy into root sports that's cool because they want to buy they want to watch blazers but do you have interest in kraken and mariners maybe maybe not you're buying but 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 if you're one spe team specific i think you get into it and you also look like keith like I don't know about you with other sports, as I apologize, I'm being long-winded here, but like my sports fandom is all over the place. So my favorite team in baseball is is the Boston Red Sox. My favorite team in football is the San Francisco 49ers. Like if you could buy in packages where I was just guaranteed to get that and like I didn't have to pay a full league pass price, but I get all this extra content on the side, that would be like a fan's dream. It'd be wonderful. Right. It'd be right. wonderful. And, and I, I think the thing that would be a hurdle for that is that like what you mentioned with the different streaming services how now we pay more to get our netflix and our amazon and our hulu and all the rest than what we paid for cable the, the th what i could see being an issue here is if each individual kind of industry or or, or content provider uh like blazers need their own kind of structure like you were mentioning uh kind of comparing to the wwe um that's going to be a lot of production on their end, so they want a higher price, where meanwhile fans want lower prices because we have to pay for all these different individual content things that we're trying to now subscribe to instead of paying for the channel that would host them. And to bring this back to the Root stuff as well, the way Root got the deal, the way they won the contract, is basically convincing the Blazers that they could reach, I think it was three or four times as many viewers as what NBC Sports Northwest was giving them. Because again, they base this on the idea that we already have the Mariners, we have the whole Seattle market. We will bring more eyes to the Blazers. But obviously what we're seeing right now is they didn't have the deals locked up on the other end. Well, the deal, they, were, they got this deal with the Blazers with the content and didn't work on the providers uh, as far as locking this in. And now they are having issues with Dish and DirecTV and all the rest. And fans are being the ones that are left to kind of wonder how they're going to view. Or maybe fans are left to overpay for being able to see their team just because there's no other options for it. Uh, okay, so... You mentioned being long-winded. I think I think we've said enough. Unless you want to add anything else into the cable stuff here, let's actually talk about basketball. Well, here's the thing, fans. I think it's gonna it's gonna work itself out. Like change sucks, no matter what, whether you liked NBC or hated them. Change sucks, and it's the same thing that you, you went through this a couple years ago. Like yep. lose, losing <laughs> Mike losing Mike and Mike hurt. You didn't want yeah. Everyone just crapped all over Lamar and Kevin Calabro, and guess what? They're pretty damn good. Like pretty Lamar good. is Lamar's a fan favorite. Uh, Kevin Calabro's a legend. Uh, yep. You got uh, after the, the 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 struggles of the first few weeks of getting used to it. You got used to it. So I think it's gonna be the same with Root. You're gonna get used to it. Things are gonna be fine. The Blazers are still there, and I guarantee you, Root's working on ways to get into more build, get into more homes. Yeah, well, anyway. I, I'm I'm still holding out. I'm I'm gonna be here. Uh, I'm not jumping on Root quite yet. I'm hoping there's gonna be more options, but also there's always the Sailing the high streaming seas if, if you don't have any other uh, options for it. So let's talk about basketball. Uh, Warriors win 121 to 107. We do not care about the score. That's going to be the only time we'll mention that for the rest of the analysis here uh, because this is preseason game number one. And honestly, Chris, I'm sure you can tell me plenty about how you watch games like this as well, but it's so different, I think, for fans to remember. You don't watch this for the score. You honestly don't even watch this for the fourth quarter. Like, there will be things to see in the fourth quarter, but now we're talking deep bench. To watch, uh, I feel like in the regular season where so much of the focus is on the end of the game and the result in the fourth, I feel like in preseason, at least for the game one, it was so much to me more about quarter one and quarter two. Like, what are we seeing from the guys? How ready do they look? Uh, so what did you see? What did you like and dislike from uh, the first viewing of the new Blazers roster? 
well, I mean, I liked what I saw from Dame and CJ. They looked <laughs> they looked Dame, solid, yeah. Dame looked to be in midseason form, did he not? Um, 19 in the first half, I think, is Dame. 12%. Yeah, obviously, uh, Nurkic, I thought, looked good, too. I mean, you, you saw him finding ways to get more involved. Um, still, needs to, still needs to continue to use that body of his in the paint, but I saw a lot of times, whether it was CJ or Anthony, uh, trying to get him the ball down low, a lot of pick yeah. and roll through him, rolling quickly, or got out in transition even, and then obviously, uh, you know, hitting the three ball. I mean, he was two for four, so he you know, took four of them. That's pretty pretty good. Um, <laughs> right? What, what I did like, actually, the most, um, I really... Yes, you can look at the box score and laugh. Like Larry Nance Jr., zero points, two rebounds, no assists, no blocks. I liked what I saw out of him in spurts. One thing I really liked about him that I feel like I haven't seen enough from other players, uh, there was a lot of um, off-ball screens that he was setting. Trying to get CJ and Dame open off the ball when they didn't have it in their hands and doing so very, very effectively. So I actually really, really liked that about Larry Nance Jr.'s game. Uh, And then secondly, Cody Zeller, um, again, didn't register. Yeah, didn't register a block. He's stated, I think, even at media day that like he's not a block artist. Like that's not what he does. But uh, what I did like was his... He had hands and faces. He was attempting the block shots. There was that effort for, for uh, from him defensively in the paint that you just hadn't seen from Ennis Cantor in recent years. Just because, again, that's just not Ennis Cantor's game. That is not a knock on Ennis Cantor. I love Ennis no, Cantor. No, no, it's, it's, it's a, a style. Fa- he's a fabulous player. He's, he's a rebounder with offensive touch around the glass. He's just not a defensive guy. Uh, but I liked what I saw from Zeller there. Uh, and then the third thing I would say pointed out uh, that I liked, obviously, was... The, the big minutes and i believe he was the first off the bench too uh, uh from nasir little as he's nice, the guy that yeah. i've that i've said uh, i think really needs to take the step this year uh to prove that he can be a rotational player for the blazers uh but those were the the little things that that stood out okay. to me but again i really got to go back to nance he did a lot of things that the box score will not pick up because they are not registered that i think can change this team dramatically i totally agree Nas was looking awesome. Like I, I, I was watching to see what he was gonna do, whether if he was just gonna be kind of a catch and shoot guy uh, and work on the other end, but he was putting the ball on the floor, saw him drive and kick a couple times. He is just looking so much smoother and his three point shot looks good as well. You mentioned Nurk's three, uh, the two of four, like we said, four attempts in a game is a lot higher for Nurk than I think we've seen in the past. He averaged 0.8 three point attempts per game last season over 37 games. Chris, how many do you think he's going to average attempts? How many three-point attempts is he going to average this season? Gosh, I think he's probably going to be in that two range. I don't see him shooting four every single game. It's a preseason. Unload a little bit. Um, And as you saw, he just needs to be more consistent with it, obviously, as he's built that into his game. Because he, uh, I mean, we've seen over the last year like it was like oh sweet he just nailed one then the next one's an air ball so (laughs) (laughs) he needs to get that out of his system but he he did look comfortable there for one preseason game but i think two is the number i think if you can get him to a game you're gonna be good okay so if two is the number you taking the over under of him actually taking that many Uh, of of nurk's three point attempts per game this season over or, or under on two attempts under Okay, I'll go over. I like it. We have our first bet of the uh, of the the Burkhart casters generation. <laughs> the uh, yeah, no, okay, cool. I like this. I'll take over on on Nurk going two two attempts a game. Uh, cool. Okay, we'll see how this goes. 
Um, what else did you mention? Nance, right. Larry Nance. I think fans got on him a little bit, at least online, what I was seeing. Two boards in 18 minutes, no other stats. That's not good. But like you said, he was doing things that don't don't get tallied in the counting stats. Um, there were a lot of fans, though, screaming about defense. Again, after one preseason game, we have seen one preseason game. One preseason And people were getting game, real mad about not having enough of a defensive change. Uh, I think part of it could have been that maybe Nance is doing these things that maybe the general fan doesn't quite recognize. Uh, same as, as Zeller, like you mentioned as well, Cody Zeller. The dude is the definition of a blue-collar basketball player. He has footwork, he had fundamentals, but he doesn't have flash. Uh, and I think as much as that's totally fine with me, I think a lot of fans are maybe not going to not gonna see him as being in the same kind of category as, as a, again, like, like a Cantor, like you mentioned. Even though defensively, Zeller's going to bring way more than Cantor uh, did at any point last season. Yeah, but it's also it's like it's also preseason. I mean, you're not going to go and give away your entire <laughs> defensive scheme in a preseason yeah. game against the Golden State Warriors. If anything, I think it's 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 a good way to get out there your very first game against a team like Golden State that pushes that ball and that tempo and moves it around more better than anybody in the league. Honestly, the way mm. that they get that ball flying, they're going to test any defense they play, especially once they get a healthy clay back on that court. Um, so the, yeah, yeah, you gave up nearly 73s and the defense looked still had holes at times, but you have video and things to improve and, and, and ways to get better. I mean, I watched the, the first quarter too, and I saw also saw a team that went, yep, that's why you play a handful of preseason games. Cause like <laughs> I, I thought, I thought Roco early it looked oh, gassed. Yeah. Like yeah. gassed, like I mean, just no, just not focused. He was just like a step behind, and then you saw. It well, there's a difference. The game went yeah, on. well, there's a difference of playing an actual other team versus playing five on five against your, you know, in a modified right. version of a game at practice, like five on five actual minutes. It's a, it's a whole different ball game. So you got to get into it. You got to get going. It's it's you got to take it all with a grain of salt, right? It's preseason. Like nobody going undefeated in the preseason doesn't mean that you're locked into a championship run like it just means you went undefeated in the preseason man but you got to find those little things that you can take and, and improve and there was certainly that something else about nurk real quick too did he seem more mobile than you remember i feel like he was doing a lot more movement and i wasn't sure if this is just because of again the change in defense that is maybe partway there and not fully installed. Uh, we definitely, I think, are expecting less of a drop coverage system, right? Like we're not going to see him yeah. kind of hanging back in the paint as much. But I feel like I, maybe, so maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just a new system that I'm seeing. But I feel like Nurk was making a real effort to be way quicker about kind of uh, changing positions, moving around the floor than we've seen in the past. So fingers crossed that it, that it sticks around. Fingers right. crossed. That would be a good thing. I mean, like I said, you lost... You lost Zach Collins, who, you know, couldn't mm. stay on the court for anything, which is unfortunate <laughs> because when he's healthy, he moves right. incredibly well for a big man. So hopefully Nurt can take that up, too. Yeah, and that's always been one of those things, like we mentioned Roko, it's one of those things that he's always really been good at. His game is shaped around being able to react quickly. So maybe Nurk's picking up a little from him. Maybe he's learning a little bit more uh, in that end. I haven't heard you mention Ant yet. How do you feel about Anthony Simons? Uh, he was running the offense a bit, especially later in the game last night. Maybe seeing a bit more of a point guard side of him after you and I have both kind of agreed that he's not truly a point guard yet. I I liked what I, I liked what I saw from Ant. I really I really did. He's he's uh, as Twitter noted multiple times. There's no <laughs> there's no fear. He doesn't look scared, um, yeah, which is good. I felt confident. like. Like how how many times did we talk about him versus Gary Trent Jr. where like 
Ant looked like he was still learning himself, and Gary Trent was just a dog. Like he did not care. Like let's go. Uh, I think you're starting to get that out of Ant. Ant. I think. Hey, I think a full tattoo sleeve will do that to you. It'll add a little (laughs) bit of it. Add a little bit of an edge, and you're not afraid to go downhill anymore. But yeah. (laughs) But no, he looked good. He obviously has his bounce, but he just he just looked more. in tune with what to do like when to attack where to find the open zones not afraid to go downhill and and get to the rim like uh definitely look like he is on the verge of making all those little improvements that people have uh seen glimpses of for so long yeah yeah i like it though i think the theme for ant this season is going to be it's all about the ink all about that ink just keep getting more tattoos by the end of the season if we expect to make you know uh conference finals and the rest he's going to be fully tatted up just just neck down uh, absolutely <laughs> go for it Ant. we're with you all about the ink okay uh anyone else that you want to kind of touch on we saw a little bits of macklemore uh is it is it macklemore or mclemore like it's spelled mc lamore it's not spelled with an a or an m-a-c-k i feel like macklemore's fans kind of uh generalizing or anglicizing this this a little bit what do you think i'm, I'm pretty sure it's macklemore but who knows i feel like i want to call him mclemore or something or get fancy with it but I don't know anything from uh, McLemore or Dennis Smith Jr., Marquise Chris, Greg Brown. Like anything from those guys stand out to you? Who do you think among those kind of end of the bench dudes are we going to see most of uh, as the season rolls on? From no, one I did. Game? I did. I did think uh, you kind of saw what you kind of expected to see out of those guys. I mean, Ben's locked in, so he's good. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think you you can't watch the way it, it the game was played. As I stutter, I apologize. Um, you can't watch the way the game was played and not come away impressed with Dennis Smith Jr. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, if you're looking for your starting guard, maybe not. If you're looking for your backup guard, maybe not. But I'm mm. just going to go right back to what I said earlier. I think this team needs that third guard on the roster, someone they can rely on should there be injuries or they really have to tap into that point guard depth. I think if they're going to sign one of their training camp invitees, I think it's Dennis Smith Jr.'s job to lose. And I thought he looked really good in the, in the first preseason game. So, I mean... Three of seven shooting, ten points, three assists, two boards, athletic guard. Uh, I I liked it. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked a little better, honestly, uh, than I thought he was going to look. Um, and I still think they they should have their eyes on him for that third point guard spot. Dennis Smith Jr. got Greg Brown his first NBA bucket, if you count the preseason as far as NBA buckets go. But a nice nope. big dunk from Greg Brown. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> right, nope, does fine. not count. But Greg Brown, he had uh, that one dunk and then four boards. Marquise Chris, three points, two boards, and 13. Dennis Smith Jr., though, like you point out, 10 points, two rebounds, three assists, 14 minutes. He's making the people around him look better. I saw a lot of talk um, last night as well that if we are, we have 15 on our roster right now that played last night. If you're going to drop down to 14, could it be Elby that gets the boot here? Because Dennis Smith Jr. is useful. We need more big men, so you don't really want to say goodbye to Marquise Chris. is it possible that CJ Ellaby could maybe kind of get kind of shown the door? Is he maybe the first blazer? I said this on one of our podcasts already. I would, I would honestly rather, um, I would rather bring in Dennis Smith Jr. and then a guy like a, a Patrick Patterson or like you said a Marquis well, Chris bring in that yeah. bring in another big guy uh, than run back CJ Ellaby. I just, I just don't see CJ uh, cracking the rotation at all. I don't see a, a, a big future for him in general like uh, like here's the thing like portland has had the guy in that cj Ellaby build right 
the Pat Connaughton's, the Jake Layman's, right? Like the, the, the forward guard come off the bench, can hit some threes, has some flares of some athleticism. Uh, but Jake Layman and Pat uh, Connaughton, both better than CJ Ellaby. Like, like Pat Connaughton, great athlete, good on the defensive end. Same with Jake Layman, can get above the rim, but he's good on the defensive end. CJ Ellaby, I just don't see cracking the Blazer rotation or any rotation for that matter. So at that point, like if this is a, we need to make some moves and we're going to try to make a run season, I would rather add like, like, like I said, like bring in Dennis Smith Jr., lock up my point guard position so I have that three deep. And then again, I look at a guy like a Pat Patterson who has experience with Chauncey Billups, say have mm, a good relationship yeah. and can bring again that veteran leadership uh, back into the locker room, a la a Chris Kamen style, right? Like Chris Kamen towards the end, like barely saw the court, but the freaking locker room loved the guy, right. just the locker room <laughs> glue guy. Um, and, and I think that could go a long way. So I'm going to be completely honest. And it's nothing against CJ LB. Uh, I would just rather that spot go to one of those training camp invites and just lock this baby up the best way you can, you know, so you don't let that window close on Dame. Because getting to the getting to the championship, it's going to require a lot of things, a lot of pieces, and I, that leadership is one of them. So yeah, that's what I would do if I were the Blazers. But I'm, I'm not I'm, in the front office. I'm I'm with you on that though. I forgot about Pat Pat. Because uh, he didn't play last night. Obviously, he's the veteran. They don't need to run him through a preseason game off the bat. But so we had the 15 guys play last night, and Pat Pat makes 16. I guess we are including Kelgen Blevins on the list because he played last night. He'd be a, what? I guess a two-way contract still. Is that the? Blevins yeah, I deal? would. Bu- I would believe so. I'd have to look that up. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't care enough to do a lot of research on the end of the roster and a two-way contract to be honest. But point being, we have about 16 players on the roster when you include Pat Pat right now. There's going to be some shakeout. They're probably ending more with like 14. Hopefully, Dennis Smith Jr. makes the cut. We'll see what happens with the other CJ. Uh, but, Chris, that's really all I wanted to cover this week. And look at us. We got in at a, at a solid 45-ish or so minutes. So like, we're, we're cutting down. We're trimming the fat here as the season gets close. No, okay. Before we leave, we got to get to one okay. thing. I, I oh, want to know when store shelves around the Portland metro northwest area are going to be graced with Keith's Killer Bread. <laughs> oh man if, if that wasn't some sort of copyright infringement that would be a perfect branding name i love it <laughs> i could get some an excellent logo going <laughs> uh no well, okay so bread update i've been making a bunch i changed up the flour a little bit made a little less of a of a whole wheat recipe getting a little softer on the inside uh and i'm doing an exchange later this week shout out to my brother carter and hey! his wife Haley. Hey! they live down in turner oregon they've got a nice little farm bunch of eggs and such coming up we are going to be using my grandparents' place in Milwaukee as kind of our uh, Smith clan trading post here. So they're bringing eggs and veggies up there. I'm bringing bread down. I'm going to leave it like, I think right now I've got like six sourdough loaves ready to go. Uh, make a few more before Thursday. So yeah, the the business is starting. We're starting with a family Funny. trade for now. We'll yeah. grow it. I'll bring some to your place. We'll get the Happy Valley wing of the uh, of Keith's Killer Bread going. Yeah. It's also funny how things connect because Turner, Oregon is like the tiniest little hole in the wall, random nowhere town. And my wife's parents lived there for like five years. <laughs> oh, right on. Very cool. So I'm very familiar with Turner. That's funny. awesome. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a cool little farm they've got down there. It's fun to go visit. Uh, we're just, you know, up here in Hood River, we have like Portland kind of surrounded on on, a, on different angles. So it's a... Uh, yeah. Just need to get some family out in the Tillamook Forest. We'll have it uh, all covered. There we, Maybe up there in we Vancouver go. Too. 
But yeah, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Another week in the books. Send all of your loves and hugs to Chris J. Burkhardt on Twitter. Send all of the hate mail to at Rip City Keith. I'll handle that. I can click delete. No big deal. In closing, your audible listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Season so close. Are we like two weeks out now in the season? God, you almost wrapped it and you still have to keep talking. Just let it die naturally, it. Keith. <laughs> I'll cut it off. I'll cut my bit out there. <laughs> we'll get your bump of bums in there. <laughs> my brain is too scattered to, to be so organized. 